Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais with another episode of The Yacking Show. This is the show that gives you a huge range of business tips and ideas on which you can take action to improve your business and learn something new. And we do that by bringing you really interesting guests. Today is no exception. First, let's introduce co-host Kathleen. Hi, Kathleen. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Peter. Thank you so much. And thank you also very much for tuning in to our show. We so appreciate you. And as Peter mentioned, we do have another special guest with us today. We have the great privilege of welcoming Josh Bashinsky to the show. Hello, Josh. Welcome. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. Now, Josh is an ethicist, philosopher, an SEO and AI technologist with over 20 years in marketing and, and, and uh, search research experience. Josh has spoken on ethics for over 20 years, including TED Talk uh, called The Future of Google Search and Ethics. Josh has been involved in the development of learned language and machine learning. Wow. So let's dive in. Josh, you call yourself an ethicist, a philosopher, and a technologist. Tell us how mm. you came to embark on what most would consider contradictory paths. That's a great question. Um, the, the philosophy and ethics comes by way of a life passion. Uh, technology comes by way of a life passion into what people will actually pay me to do. So as Socrates found out 2,500 years ago, nobody wants to pay a philosopher to tell them that the emperor has no clothes. And so uh, sadly, I keep most of those opinions to myself where I do TEDx talks and, and I get to, to do that. You know, I'm very happy to do that. I, I appear on podcasts and talk about philosophy and ethics. Uh, but mostly technology is how I've been paying the bills uh, for the last uh, 24, 25 years. Uh, I'll tell you a quick little story. Yes. When I was 19 uh, in 1994, I bought my first house in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Don't ask me what I paid for it. You'll, 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 cars, <laughs> yeah. cars cost more than what I paid That's for right. the house in, in 94 in, in Winnipeg. Uh, and uh, I was fixing computers for the University of Winnipeg. I was setting up computer networks and fixing computers uh, for them. It was a great government job. That's why Royal Bank took a chance on a 19 year old to give them a mortgage at that time. So, and I've been doing technology ever since. So, uh, uh, and then working at the university, I was able to, of course, take courses for a reduced rate or very free. And that's when I got into philosophy and ethics which has really been my life passion my entire life. I've always asked the big questions, you know, why are we here? What are we doing? What is the purpose? Is this real? Could this really be real? Is this, I'm in the matrix right now. Like, could this be real? You know, uh, I've also, uh, I didn't know it at the time. I've been recently diagnosed with autism. And so I've always been uh, looking at things a little askew, a little differently and, and being kind of the outside, outside person looking in. Uh, and yeah. And that's how all those things come together. Mm, interesting, interesting. We'll go. We'll go further down that path in a moment. But um, we we wanted to ask you a couple of business questions. So you're an expert on SEO. Uh, what, when you look at people's websites, or what's the biggest single mistake you pick up straight away on looking at websites, as from an SEO perspective? Wow. Okay. Uh, do you have five hours? Uh, no, we have, we have <laughs> 20 more minutes. Uh, uh, to, to, it's really hard for me to pick just one thing. Um, okay. SEO is this beautiful uh, and also sometimes very scary industry where, where uh, Google wants to keep all that knowledge a secret. And so there's a lot of SEOs out there who 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 don't do the scientific testing that I do, the rigorous testing that I do, 
Uh, and so there's a lot of misinformation, sadly. So when I see, when I look at a webpage and I see what people are doing, um, it's usually based on the misinformation uh, that's kind of 10 years old and kind of what people were doing 10 years ago. So um, uh, 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 I run an underground university where I actually uh, reverse engineer. I scientifically test Google's AIs and <laughs> algorithms. Uh, that's how I pay the bills is, is I reverse engineer AIs really is what I do as a right. job. And that's what SEO is. Wow. And that's how I got into my software AI Cassandra and how I got into the kind of the artificial intelligence side of philosophy things. So I've got a lot going on. So the one single thing that they're doing is that they're not paying attention to the AIs and how they work now. Um, mm -hmm. They're kind of following tactics from 10 years ago. And you need to get in a group that has the advanced knowledge that actually does the testing, in, in my opinion. Wow. Okay. Interesting one. Right. 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 So, so Josh, AI, particularly chat GPT and mid journey are all over the news at the moment. I mean, it's hot, right? It's, it's, it's mm -hmm. a hot topic. Should small to medium sized businesses, business owners be fearful or optimistic about these new technologies? Wow. What a, what a great question again there too. So it, it really is, you know, it, it's it's both. <laughs> I mean, it's really hard to give a, an answer other than both. I mean, uh, like uh, it's both. It, it is. It is. AI is, and this is not hyperbole. AI is is going to be as big as the industrial revolution altogether. Like AI is going mm -hmm. to radically change our lives. Uh, it's going to be almost as big as fire, almost as big as the wheel. I mean, the way that things run in ten years. Uh, our, our kids, you know, in 10 or 20 years are going to look at us and be like, what do you mean you didn't have an AI assistant that ran the house and ran everything? You, you mean you had to do shopping yourself? What? Like, what kind of caveman are you? Like, that's how our kids are going to grow up. Like, just the, just the way now that, like, they're on cell phone on TikTok. And we, I, I don't know, I've aged out of that. I have no idea what they're talking about. My nieces and nephews, when they're like, Uncle Josh, haven't you seen this new thing on TikTok? I'm like, what's what's a talk tick? I have no idea. You know, I know I know it's a social media platform. I play it up a bit, but 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 it it will be a night and day difference between like the 90s. As I say, when I started at 19 years old, there was a phone on the wall and a white pages if you wanted to get business done, and you had to go to the library. Yeah. That from now yeah. from then to now, how big of a change that's been? Times that by five, and that will be AI. So so when you ask, should business owners be uh, uh, hopeful or scared? The answer is yes. <laughs> the answer to that either or is a yes answer. They should they should be paying 110% attention to what AI is doing right now and realize that large language models like ChatGPT is just one tiny example of one tiny field in a much bigger forest. That's one mm -hmm. little glen that all the all the all the buffalo are fighting in this glen right now and that's where the action is right now but there's a whole other forest that's dark right now that the sun is uh, to use a belabored metaphor that the sun is going to dawn on and you're going to see the rest of this forest of ai come up and and it's going to be a night and day difference so yes uh, businesses need to pay attention to it now they need to have a, a ai czar now looking at it right now getting into that technology uh either not in the sense that they're an it company and they're going to get into ai although they should consider that too because it's a gold mine. There's huge opportunities here for new business models completely. Like new business models, never mind new businesses, new niches, new mm -hmm. whole new verticals are opening up that that businesses would do well to take a look at. But not even in terms of you're an, uh, you're, a, you're an IT company. 
every company uses AI. Every company uses IT. Everyone has Microsoft Word. Everyone has email. Everyone has all these things. AI will radically change those technologies. And yep. So just in terms of like uh, training your workforce or keeping your managers up to date as to what's going on there, you need to pay attention to it. So you cannot hide your head in the sand. Midjourney and ChatGPT are two of the biggest ones you mentioned. Midjourney is the big one I use for image generation. Mm -hmm. It's the most robust. It's the most beautiful, jaw-droppingly gorgeous images. It'll be doing video soon, and it'll be doing video better than everybody else. Video is hard to do. It'll be a little slower to be adopted, but Midjourney will be the first one. And ChatGPT is the, the big workhorse when it comes to large language model text generation. But everybody's getting in this game. NVIDIA, Adobe, Apple, Google, uh, 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 and Microsoft, which OpenAI is an adjunct of Microsoft, they're all going to get in this game. Uh, every artificial, every every operating system will have an AI copilot. Every word program will have an AI copilot. That little paperclip will come up, but then it'll do things. Like it'll actually do stuff. You know, it'll be like, "Are you writing an email? Here, I did it for you. Faster, boom, it's better. Just go. I already sent it for you. Never mind." Like it, it's it's going to get that smart. It's going to be very mm -hmm. very fast. And then you mm -hmm. won't even you people won't know whether this content is created by humans or if it's generated by a computer that is well that that's that's frightening to me i don't know i just it just it's not authentic anymore it's yeah you know you know you you bring up a very valid point kathleen um now, now th so this is one of the side wars that has started in this new AI world. Mm -hmm. AI content generation versus AI content detection and i literally just did a podcast today my own show on this topic today and it is one of the main battlefields in this war that is very important like you said i mean uh, schools when you think about academia you think about schools you think about uh uh law you think about uh, uh you think about web page generation you think about the search engine results you think about social media results you think about uh catfishing and whether you're talking with about real people online the lines are going to become incredibly blurred there. And so there's huge amounts of money and political will and talk, talk about political uh, deep fakes and talk about political uh, misinformation and propaganda or information being produced. Uh, AI is going to produce all this information and we're going to need AIs to police all this information. So we have AI content generation and detection is the major war. Um, uh, I'm on the main battlefield of this, uh, uh, watching it on a daily basis. Right now, it's still pretty easy to spot when AIs are making the content. Uh, uh, but you're right, uh, in, a, in five years, it will be indistinguishable. And at that point, it'll be so ubiquitous that AI generates content for us. It's like, it's like, it's like the pen. It's like, what, you, you wrote mm -hmm. it with your fingers in finger paint? No, of course, you use a pen, you use the tool. AI will be the tool in five years. And so I, I echo your concerns, Kathleen. I totally hear them. But um, AI, AI is very good at surface level opinion right now. And good writing has subtext, right? Good writing has, mm -hmm. has emotion to it. It's just another few iterations of AI, a few more generations need to be produced where it'll be able to produce the subtext as well. And AI whisperers like myself will be like, no, 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 no. This, this email has no emotion. Give me some subtext to it. Give me some pathos to this. Or, you know, we're, we'll, we can, that maybe is a bad example. We'll be able to describe whatever it is we need from the AI and it will produce it. But it will be human curated as well. You know, any piece of writing that's important we're not just going to let AI produce, you know, it, it, everyone, some editor is going to edit it. Mm -hmm. And just that AI will be doing a lot of the heavy lifting. So maybe I'm going off on a tangent here, Peter, forgive me, but I just need no, to keep going. <laughs> stay in this path just for a moment. Here's my fear. Mm -hmm. As, as AI gets more robust and more powerful, 
are we possibly seeing a dumbing down of society? When I think of kids and and the academia, when they're in class now, when they're told to write an essay, it's not coming from here anymore. They can just go to the computer and have it generate whatever it is that they want. They're not, I don't know, it's just, that's what frightens me. It's just, we're seeing the dumbing down of, of our minds. No, Kathleen, you're, you're totally correct. You're totally right. There will be a, and this is, this is how I would talk about it. There will be a, a shift in learning outcomes for mm-hmm. sure. So writing, uh, writing and comprehension uh, is uh, writing skills are definitely going to decrease. It but already see, has. They, they already have, quite frankly, actually, I've, I've taught in universities across Canada and trust me, uh, the first year university papers I'm, I'm marking already in Canada, which is a first world country with good schools, they're already at a, like a grade 11 level and really? they're supposed to be at university level, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's why I don't do that job anymore is because I didn't want to be a high school teacher. If I wanted to be a high school teacher, I could have done it for a lot less money and a lot less schooling, right? So uh, uh, that's why I don't teach universities anymore uh, is because I was basically a glorified high school teacher to, to teach mm-hmm. the intro university courses. Well, universities got- have lowered their standards. Right, they followed. They had to. They had to, right? Because the the production coming out of 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 uh, high school is just not good enough. Right. Now, there's all kinds of capitalistic reasons why that is. There's all kind of oligarchic reasons why this is, because uh, essentially education is a is a commodity like anything else, and uh, the the business uh, the monopolies at the top of the capitalism have no vested interest in a smart populace. In fact, they have a vested interest in a very pliable. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so bright populist they can Absolutely. sell to more easily mm-hmm. uh, and quite frankly the purpose of jobs in in west in, ca- in our capitalistic west is to make uh, money makers it's like what mm-hmm. job are you going to be they're educating you for a job it's like well yep. how about the humanities how about just being a, a fully uh, a, a, a embodied soul what, what about happiness what about eudaimonia what about all these uh, what about enslavement <laughs> Exactly. I'm, I'm glad you used that word. I wasn't sure if it would be too serious to, to use on your podcast. Yes, quite frankly, they're making little wage slaves to, to fit the little cogs in their system to make them more money. So, uh, uh, but to get back to the AI thing, so learning outcomes will definitely shift, but there's a positive side to this too. Okay. When, when, when you have a personal assistant that explains everything to you, fine, you become more of a bottom line thinker. So the bottom line thinking learning outcomes are going to increase. Mm -hmm. The management outcomes are going to increase. And the oratory outcomes are going to increase because the only way to test them in the future will be in-person and and oratory or in-person tests where you see if they're doing it or not. Like you can watch them and you know very well they didn't copy and paste this from ChatGPT because an isolated terminal or some system like that where they had to produce the information. So it's just a matter of education needing to change. You know, it's just a, the printing press was developed and now we can use the printing press and not everyone's handwriting anything anymore. Uh, and I think a lot of the, not not your concerns, Kathleen, but I think a lot of the concern you hear out there is just a little bit of, dare I say, whining a little bit, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yes, technology is changing, but nobody wants to go back to VHS tapes. I think we all agree. So, <laughs> so yes, it's, and, and I, I'm, and I'm not, I'm not unsympathetic to the people who lose their jobs and people will lose their jobs. I'm not unsympathetic to the people who worked at the VHS factory who can't do that job anymore because DVD happened and then streaming happened and all the DVD people lost their jobs, but that's just kind of the normal flow of technology. Yeah. And so there's really nothing we can do about that. I think everyone agrees that we don't want to go back to VHS tapes. So AI is here to stay and we couldn't stop it if we tried. So 
So there's no way that there's no way to still, like we, we, we could complain here all we like. We're kind of wasting time. I think the learning outcomes are going to shift. And I think AI is going to help us get even better learning outcomes in some important areas that right now we're doing very poorly. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So I'm going to jump in and, and extend this this line of, of discussion. My concern is not so much the dumbing down of society, but I agree with Kathleen that that's, a pro- especially for me who did my schooling when before even calculators were invented, right? We we used uh, slide slide rules and logarithm tables and, yes. and we learned Latin. I mean, can you imagine trying to teach kids oh. Latin now? Uh, yes. Anyway. Yeah, well- Yes, yes. My concern, we've seen over the last three years, we've seen billions of people very easily persuaded to do things that were not in their best interests. I'm not getting into the argument of of was there or was there not a virus. That's a separate argument. But we've seen billions of people persuaded to do stuff, give up their businesses, give up their jobs, take their kids out of school and lock themselves in their houses, right? Mm -hmm. And and that was done very easily. And, And I guess there was some of the... Actors probably did use AI, but it was still limited compared to what it could be in 10 years' time. Yes. So so my concern is if the forces for evil, and we know there are forces for evil, be they Russians, Ukrainians, Americans, or anyone, if they all use the uh, or perfect some tool of AI to persuade millions of people that Canadians are all terrible and must be exterminated, for want of a better example, (laughs) it's frightening what could happen. you know, we've seen we've seen science fiction movies of um, there was a British one where where a soldier was video was enhanced to show him murdering a woman. He never did, right? Because it happened behind a bus, and he so yeah, that's that's a movie. But the technology is there to do that with with, oh, yes. with what's coming. So people can be framed for something that they had absolutely no connection with whatsoever. So both on the micro scale of individual targeting individuals and the macro scale of targeting large groups of people. And I'm I'm not one to ask for government control on anything. I'm very anti-government control, but I have a real concern in that area. What are your thoughts as as a philosopher and an ethicist? What's your thoughts in that direction, Josh? I have so many thoughts on that direction. I'm so glad you brought it up. Uh, no, you're absolutely right, and it's already happened. I mean, we just mm-hmm. saw a, a a week or two ago a a, a a a poorly generated image out of mid-journey by the way it looks like it was mid-journey to me i could be wrong on that but it looked like what mid-journey would spit out of the pentagon burning yeah. already caused already caused a stock stock market that's right, right. and yeah. we've already seen uh uh deep fakes come out of political actors that that were for it was a joke but but still you can already generate this. It's very easy to generate it if you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could do that mid-journey thing today if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Like, like it, mid-journey is not hard to use at all uh, in sure. terms of the learning curve. Much easier than these video deepfakes, which are which are harder to do, but not that hard either for for the actors we're talking about. So, here's the good news and bad news. The bad news is this: is that we're going we're moving into a 1984 dystopia, even more of a mm-hmm. 1984 dystopia. Mm-hmm where not only do we have a very poorly educated populace who's not thought to critically think for themselves. For example, you mentioned Latin. Do you know why they took Latin out of Canadian schools? Not because uh, one, because the job maker said it's not going to help them make any money, but two, the Latin that they actually read was Cicero and political uh, treatises that the Romans uh, for all their foibles were very honest about how politics actually runs behind the scenes. And they didn't want Canadians to realize how politics actually runs. It's the uh, it's the portrayal of the the Platonic character Cephalus in the Republic. Cephalus was the uh, the old Athenian statesman 
And Plato writes one night Socrates and the boys were discussing what justice was. And uh, uh, Socrates was discussing with uh, Cephalus's two sons, Glaucon and Anamantis. And Cephalus walks in and goes, oh, Socrates, you old nut. That's not what ethics and justice is. I'll tell you what ethics and morality is. Ethics and justice and morality is nothing but appearing appearing magnanimous, appearing congenial, appearing uh, 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 good on the surface, but be as nasty as you can behind <laughs> the scenes in business. Yeah. And that, of course, was the modus operandi of the Romans in their political yep. dealings as well. Right. And that is also the modus operandi of capitalism as well, to be mm-hmm. virtue signaling, to, to be, you know, a, a company puts out a, 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 a an ad about how they love the environment and are helping the environment when they're polluting behind the scenes, but, right. you know, they're, they're, they're hiding it with the ads, right? So we have a populace, we already have a, we already have a society that's doing this. We have a populace that's already been impoverished by their education system to not be smart enough all the time to be watching it all the time. And AI is only going to make that worse. We're going to have deep fakes coming out like crazy mm-hmm. where you're going to see Obama shooting people and crazy stuff's going to happen that of course never happened. And it's going to look indistinguishable from 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 real video. You won't be able to tell uh, pretty soon with the human eye. Right now, you can kind of tell it's not super mm-hmm. perfect. It will be perfect in the next five years. Uh, and so what are we going to do? Well, here's that's the bad news. Here's the good news is that because we got this Orwellian nightmare that's coming along of complete mistruths and non-truths uh, that can be utilized on either side, no matter what side of the political dial you're on, you're going to want this to happen. We will need AI to police this. The only way mm-hmm. to police AI production is AI consumption. Yeah. Statistically speaking, in five years, most of the content will be produced by AIs, and most of the content will be consumed and curated by AIs. And we're going to need this democratization. It can't be big tech that produces all this, because they will obviously do so for their own benefit. Mm-hmm. Luckily, though, some big tech still believes in the don't be evil mantra, like Apple, for example, they tend to like to try to some minor degree, protect their users privacy because they sell the hardware. So they don't care about the software being being uh, uh, breakable. Right. They, they right. don't really monetize sure. on the commodity commodif- commodification of our psychometric data to have the A.I bilk us out of more money on a regular basis apple makes their money on the hardware no, so they have right. the lucky position where they can do this they're not part of the the facebook uh, amazon mm-hmm. google youtube TikTok cadre of top companies that that take our personal data what i call our psychometric data all of our kinks and our quirks and they they know how to bilk us out of more money i collect knives because uh, i do martial arts not because i'm a weirdo i collect knives because i do martial arts and that that's a damascus blade there uh, and Google knows this. And so at, at 8 p.m. when I'm the, feeling the tiredest, more knife ads come up. Look at this new yeah. throwing knife. And I'm like, oh, look, this throwing hatchet. I can. I have a range. I throw, I throw knives and throwing hatchets in my range. And they know what I like. And they know, they know just how to push it at me to make me sit and buy 1% more stuff over the year. And that's how it works. They get 1% out mm-hmm. of everybody, out of 3 billion people. And that's how they make more money out of you. You're playing chess with an AI. That's how it works, right? So... The, the, the good news is that we're moving into an area where we're going to need AI to police this for us. And hopefully there will be open source and big tech solutions that their only job, like consensus.app. If anybody wants to check a really good AI that's being used right now, consensus.app, mm-hmm. go check it out. It is, a, it is an AI search engine for only pe- the top level, peer reviewed, rigorously cited scientific journals. Okay. So you, like, like, any sci- like any scientist on the planet, you can go and do this search and the AI will check it for you like a scientist and say, and give you the consensus. That's why it's called consensus.app. Mm-hmm. It'll say, yes, 
you know, omega-369 is healthy for you with an 82% confidence of yes, or whatever it says, or it'll say, no, uh, don't, you know, whatever, don't, don't go driving drunk at night. Yes, it has a high preponderance to, you know, it's, it, terrible things are happening. Like it, sure. But it's based on science. It's not based on Google's opinion. It's based on the opinion of scientists who have studied these things. You can't get away from opinion. It's all opinion at the end of the day. But at yeah. least these scientists have studied it rigorously and it changes in real time as more articles are published. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. a great example. And, and they're going to be a big company in the future. And they'll probably be bought out by maybe a bigger tech company, possibly. But hopefully there will be a democratization of open source programs like agent gpt or auto gpt that are going to be working or even uh odd actors like falcon llm was just released by uh the technology i have them here uh just released by the technology innovation institute out of of all places abu dhabi abu dhabi abu dhabi ah, yes and they, wow. and they just released they want to get into this game too everybody mm -hmm. wants to get in this game and so there's a lot of room for, it's like the new web. The new web was very positive and like a lot of web pages just to help people came out and it wasn't all big techified yet. And so there's a lot of opportunity now of these AIs that will help police the truth. And it'll be like, no, 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 Josh, your personal assistant AI in, in five years is going to check and be like, no, that's a deep fake. I've checked this with five scientific sources. Uh, I've got the news clips queued up to prove it to you. And I've analyzed the bitrate data in the back end. It is clearly a uh, deep fake. You're going to have AIs policing this all for us because we're going to need AIs policing this all for us. Okay. And because this is going to be such a, a hot topic, I think the populace is going to be wise to this. I think even Hoi Ploy is going to be wise to this and be like, oh, that's a deep fake. I don't, I don't believe this. You know, I think people are going to know that, that they have to watch out for that. And so I think mm. there's some good news there, Kathleen and Peter. But who, that's who true. interesting. Well, that's the thing you need to watch, right? If, what are the monetary uh, uh, reasons why they're doing this? If you have a democratized open source kind of Tim Berners-Lee philosophy of the open web for the open web, because mm -hmm. truth is important. If you have those kind of people making the AIs or making AIs that are so easy to, to manipulate, you can just do it yourself for yourself. That's possible too. Homebrewed AIs are possible too. Yeah. That are very powerful if, if i'm like with just a tiny bit of knowledge if i'm like okay i'm tired of this bs i'm seeing i'm tired of the misinformation i'm going to make an ai that's going to check 50 different sources and that's all it does you could do that today with auto gpt sure. or agent gpt right mm -hmm. it's hard to do they don't work very well but they're getting better and so in five years you will have easily downloadable apps protect my information or police the truth ai 50,000 people use it, four-star rating, download it, and it will do that for you. And it will curate your social media. You won't even see the deep fakes. You'd be like, did that happen? I don't know. Because there's going to be so much deep fake. There's going to be so many, so much misinformation out there. We're going to need to have an AI to police it for us. And so I'm just hoping, Kathleen, that it's just not all at the behest of big tech. Mm -hmm. We want to skew the story in their direction to buy more Google and you know buy more products on Google and buy more products on Amazon. Uh, but even then, there was some good will still come out of that. And we'll still have to pay the tax man, who is Google in this case, or Amazon. But even some good will come out of that. And some good has come out of that. Google does a lot. Mm -hmm. I, I actually got into a major argument with Paul Har, their senior engineer, uh, five years ago when they were deciding what their truth algorithm was going to be. You can check it on my blog, The Moral Concept. I've, I've seen it on your blog, yeah. And I went back and forth with him over Twitter mm -hmm. on how they should be policing truth. And luckily, even though he didn't admit it at the time, they went my way. So yeah. I guess I won, I guess. Great. <laughs> Without any attribution to me, they, they got this information and then they went this way. And I was arguing, believe it or not, for more of a postmodern view of truth where, where it has a healthy dose of opinion with it and you have to take that into account. 
Uh, and you can't tell, for example, someone who practices the Chinese medical system that acupuncture doesn't work. No. Right? It, it, it's akin to like, you know, telling uh, a devout uh, a Muslim some things about their religion that they don't, you know, that would be unkind to say. You know, it's, mm-hmm. there's just some truths, whether you believe it is true or not, A, that's debatable, and B, you just don't say. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's just in poor taste to say. Uh, 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 and so, you know, it's, it's, I'm Canadian and we have a slightly different free speech law. Uh, uh, you're allowed to say whatever it is you want, as long as it's not a hate crime, as long as it's not for the purposes mm-hmm. of hate, uh, or, or clearly has a hate result, uh, which the Americans would agree. You're not allowed to yell, uh, the only exception, I believe one of them, I'm not a lawyer, can't get legal advice, but to my knowledge, one of the only exceptions to their free speech, their rather radical free speech law is you still can't yell fire in a crowded theater. And that's because of the harm it causes. And so they actually have the same law, just Americans have it dialed down to 0.5% concern of harm and and Canadians have it dialed up to like whatever that number is, 30%. But, you know, it still has to be, you still have to take them to court. There's still a practical thing that has to be done. Ultimately, everyone's free to say anything you want. As the immortal Ice-T said in the late 90s, you have freedom of speech, just watch what you say. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Wow. wow. This is fascinating stuff. Absolutely. Is, yes, we are getting time is short disappearing. on time. But I know you so, have a burning question, Peter. So Yeah, but I'm going to ask Josh a very short one, and he can okay. give me a one-word answer. And I think okay. you, you've alluded to it already. Uh, despite the negatives, despite the concerns, from what you've been saying, there are huge opportunities coming up for entrepreneurs, small business owners, independents, who keep their eyes open and are wide awake. Am I, am I right on that? Yeah. Get on it. Great. Excellent. That's good news for us and our audience. Here's my burning question. And you're as a, a philosopher and an ethicist, you're a really good guy to ask this one. We ask it of all our guests, but Josh, in your experience working with all the people you've worked with, with, with students who don't want to learn with students who do want to learn and, and in business, is there one characteristic or mindset or habit that sets the successful, those who go on to become successful apart from those that remain average or, or never really get out of the rut? Is it one thing or is it more complicated? Wow. Uh, it's, it's, for me, it's a bit more complicated. Uh, curiosity, determination. Yeah. Uh, uh, hope. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, always be networking. Always, always be networking. I wish as, as a, a, again, with autism, I have a very high IQ. I've tested around high, as high as 160 uh, on my IQ, but my EQ is, it's just a tiny little EQ. Uh, you know, I, I could talk on, on shows like this, uh, but if you t- bring me to a party and say, okay, Josh Mingle, I'm the guy standing there with a drink, just looking around and I'm talking to a plant because I don't know what else to say or do. <laughs> I, I, I don't always, I can't always predict what will happen in social situations. And it always surprises me. I say something I think is hilarious and they look at me and they walk away. You know, I'm, I'm that guy. Or I say something which I think is very matter of fact and not funny. And people are laughing their asses off at either at me or at what I said. Welcome to my life. So this, this is, this is me, right? So I wish I had learned net the value of networking. Yep earlier it, it's 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 80% about who you know and 20% about what you know of course right. you need to have some talent and skills and you need to develop those things but but uh, you can't even be offered the job or be in the room to to be in, with the business if you're not networking so it's part of the reason why I do these podcasts to come out and meet awesome people like yourselves uh, uh, it's the way I can do it without endangering myself from from viruses and whatnot uh, or, or I don't have to leave my comfy home in, in, on the mountain, as you mentioned, the mountain. Peter, <laughs> up, up in Shawnigan Lake, just north of Victoria. Oh, well, well done. And I've got to tell you that curiosity comes up 
uh, six times out of ten when we ask this question. Curiosity is a big one. The others too, networking, uh, but curiosity. Thank you very much, Josh. Determination. Determination. Yep. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's a big one, too. And I, I just got to tell you that that I, I I was brought up in a – well, I say brought up. I, I was a farm kid, so when it comes to mingling, I'm just like you. I can stand on a sp stage and speak to a few hundred people, but afterwards all I want to do is get out of there, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right. As quickly as possible. <laughs> as quickly as possible. But this, I, this I'm happy with. Josh, yes, for me, yes. th thank, thank you. I really enjoyed that. It was great having you on yes, the show. Absolutely. Back to Kathleen. Back to Kathleen to round well, it off. You know what, Josh, what's interesting is that whenever we ask people that question, no one has ever said formal education mm. as the no. key to success. No one. Isn't that interesting? But yeah. Josh, you know what? We could speak with you for hours. Um, you've been such an interesting guest. Thank you so Absolutely. Much for being on the show. But I hope, uh, I hope uh, you return sometime. Oh, Peter. Yes, go ahead. Your question. You've got to ask Josh, how do people oh, contact yes, him? Oh, yes, of course. My goodness, I was just uh, off track here. But how do people contact you, Josh? Sure. So if anyone has any direct questions, I don't mind if they email me directly at joshbashinsky at gmail.com. Again, that's J-O-S-H-B is in Bob, A-C-H-Y is in YouTube, N is in Nancy, S-K-I at gmail.com. Or they can follow me on Twitter at Josh Bashinsky, or they can follow me on YouTube uh, at uh, youtube.com slash Josh Bashinsky. Again, same spelling, or the, the abbreviation is J Bashins, J B A C H Y N S. Any of those types are possible, but if anyone has a direct question, just go ahead and email me. Uh, I've got a pretty good AI spam filter. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Josh. And again, thank you also very much for tuning into our show. If anyone is interested in being a guest on our show, please um, go to our website at theyackingshow.com. All you need to do is fill out um, an application form, which you will find under the contacts tab. So until next time, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Goodbye, everyone.